0: Every week, we are going to be spotlighting and calling attention to organizations and businesses that we really believe in and places that you can either donate your time or donate your dollar bill to.
1: Yeah, these are going to be, as Alex said, um, businesses, charities, nonprofits that really cultivate and foster a positive impact and change for the artist community which is so so important to us because we can sit here and chit chat with our friends all day long but um, really we want to have a bigger impact than that and we want to give back to these companies and these uh, small businesses that are doing so much to give back to our entertainment industries. So for this week, our community spotlight, our call to action is going to be for a company called Culture Shock, specifically Culture Shock Las Vegas. They are an international company um, with chapters all throughout the US and Canada. Um, I am lucky enough to know and know, uh, a handful of friends that work for Culture Shock Las Vegas. They are a 501c3 nonprofit serving the Las Vegas, Nevada area. Culture Shock utilizes hip hop and urban dance culture to cultivate education, enrichment, and entertainment to inspire positive change in the communities that we serve. They offer programs both in artist development and community enrichment. The organization provides intensive dance training for youth and adults alike. Weekly dance classes are open to the public and taught by our own dancers, as well as national and world-renowned guest choreographers. Adult culture shock Las Vegas dancers also mentor those in the youth troops to promote self-confidence and a positive body image. Honestly, this just is such an amazing, amazing company. And amazing and admirable um, mission statement, right? Like I think giving back to your community and for both Alex and I both, we love teaching young dancers and mentoring young students. Um, so to see an organization like this that prides themselves in just that, in not only providing and creating, but inspiring the future generation is so, so important. So if you want to know a little bit more about Culture Shock, you can check out their website at Dance. Org. We'll be sure to post their link for their website um, in our description below. We have an incredible guest joining us today. She is a dancer, mover, choreographer, singer, actress. Honestly, I don't know what she doesn't do. So stay tuned to hear from our good friend and guest of the day, Jen Stafford. But before we get there, um, Alex, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. You know, taking everything day by day, but things are really good. Um, I've been thinking so much about uh, how everyone else is doing and it's really nice because it kind of takes me out of my head and uh, I'm able to see the bigger picture because when I think about all of my good friends and uh, everyone who's been working in shows and then, you know, all of a sudden that being taken away from them, you know, with no preparation, it's a very scary mindset to have. Um And so I really hope everybody is kind of taking this time for themselves. Like, even though there are a lot of things that are out of our control, it's a wonderful opportunity to kind of check in with how we are as human beings, how our mental is doing, how our physical is doing, and taking more time for that while also, you know, discovering new opportunities and even like new, stupid, funny things to do. I mean, I haven't had time because I feel like we're weirdly like busy and not busy. Like there's some days I, I schedule everything. I'm like, I'm doing 20 things today. And then the next day, like not so much. I'm like writing in my journal, like wake up, brush your teeth, shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then other things stack on. Uh, and I haven't been able to like knit i like love to knit that's like one of my favorite things to do
1: really i had no idea
0: yeah and um i don't do it often
1: (laughs) around the corner my favorite color is blue like i would love a sweater if not a sweater then a scarf if not a scarf well
0: i can really really only do scarves and like koozies because a koozie i can like sew together but i really only know how to like knit into a a straight line a short
1: scarf that you just connect to itself
0: (laughs) my sweet sweet mother has um stuff I used to knit like back in seventh grade but I've like been meaning like every day I'm like I need to get back into that and then I end up not having enough time for it but all in all I am my heart goes out to seriously all the performers you know it's dancers it's singers it's actresses just really um really trying to stay inspired and keep refining their craft because it's a lot easier when you have your job to go to to refine it and um, now it's our responsibility to find it in our own time but also find that balance of having giving ourselves a break and not being you know too hard so
1: not being judgmental
0: exactly exactly
1: no I love that and yeah it's um one as podcast hosts like I know you and I are both avid podcast listeners but there was one that I was listening to um, kind of when we were in like the, the peak of like quarantine, don't leave your house, like isolation. And it was saying how we are really mourning a loss and we need to treat this time as such. Like if a loved one passed away, it wouldn't be like, cool. What are you going to do today? What's like, what's happening? It's like, take time for yourself. Sometimes you're going to just, you know, not leave the house and that's okay. Whereas I feel like it's the constant ebb and flow of that versus us as entertainers and people in this highly competitive industry that are so used to working, you know, a million hours a week. And then suddenly that's taken away from us. So sometimes we have to create our own sense of validity and like self-worth by being like, I'm going to rearrange my pantry and I'm going to, you know, color code all my socks today. And it's like, you don't have to be a, you're, you realize that you don't, you are not the product of your productivity, if that makes sense. Like 100%. you are who you are and you are all people. Um, similarly, I was just listening to, I finally listened to that podcast that you sent me a while ago, Heal Thyself, yeah. um, which is so good, but it talks about isolation and how mm. we are such social creatures. And like, it, it goes in depth about like the, you know, biological cellular level, but even like um, on the macro level, like we as artists and, and people in this industry, we pull inspiration from being around people and from going to work and going to shows and going to gigs. And when that's taken away from us, it's like so easy to like, not just lose inspiration, but lose, lose your drive and lose, lose your passion for the craft, which is silly because I know we're all taught like, this is what you have to love and you have to love it so much because it's such a competitive field, which is great. But it's like, in the era of zoom classes and, uh, you know, virtual meetings and, 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 um, hell, I feel like I even had like more virtual auditions and castings and tapings now more than ever. It's just like when you don't have other people to bounce that energy off of it's, it's soul sucking. And so I feel like it's, it's the good and the bad of finding who you are within this industry, within this time that none of us have ever faced before.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's so crazy you bring that up because I was thinking about that today. Um, You know, I love to be alone. I like thrive being by myself. However, with dancing and performing, I am way better when I have pressure and I have people really challenging me and having their eyes on me being like, you need to be better. You need to do better. Other than me trying to like, you know, nail some choreography alone pushing myself. Yes, it works, but man, is it so much better when there's someone else in the room and like, it just makes, I feel like I become my best self. When I have that pressure, I work really, really well under pressure. So to not be able to have that as often is definitely tough. And I kind of want to talk about mindset, um, for a second, because that is everything I was doing therapy for about a year and a half, pretty intensely. And like a a lot of stuff I would talk about with my therapist was about changing your thoughts and changing um, how your conversations with yourself and also just preparing for your days with the thoughts in your head. And she would always say, you change your thoughts and you change your world. That's just how it is. It's like, cause your thoughts are always with you. And, you know, during uh, COVID I already knew I was going to be leaving my job and I was going to be having to hunt down jobs no matter what I was already in that mindset to be um, having that hustle. And obviously that hustle, I'm still doing it, but it's not as easy because I can't meet people as um, easily in person and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. And so with mindset for those who weren't ready, no one was ready for COVID obviously, but I just want to um, encourage people to shift their mindset a little bit, even though I know it's very, things are very negative and things are Really bringing everybody down, and this is so easy. It's so easy for me to say, like, change your mindset. It's fine, and someone's like, "Cool, right. I don't have a job anymore." Like, <laughs> how can you say yeah. that? So I completely understand that, but I think we all have the strength um, to get out of this and um, be a community together, and just having a stronger mindset and try not to get into that hopeless, hopeless hole that's inevitable.
1: Totally, and you bring up such a good point, like. I, you know, I know we both feel and like our hearts go out to seeing Broadway postponed um, until next year. And, you know, like uh, myself being a performer in La and that was ripped away from us. You know, whenever things don't happen on your terms, it's so unsettling. It's
0: totally different.
1: Yeah. And the cast of Zumanity, like it, it, they had no indication um, that they would, not be going back until recently and so Mm. my good friend brandon Pareda, who um he did the aerial chains act in the show but like i i reached out to me the other day because i was like hey man like this is not only like your job and your passion but your identity like he was on billboards around town he was on room keys at new york new york and so um i just my heart goes out to everyone and and I commend the strength and perseverance um, in pushing through. And I'm not, I'm like, you have yourself a strong cocktail and you yeah. be upset because um, you have every right to be. But I think it's our job as artists in this community to build, to uplift, to check in on people. And, um, you know, it's, it's like you said, getting to that place of hopelessness. It's It's fine if it's a rebound to then inspire you to find that hope again, but it's also it's it's possible to get stuck there. And I think it's our job to just continue to uplift each other and, um, you know, push each other forward in the most positive, caring, loving way. So...
0: Absolutely. And yeah, my heart goes out um, to everyone, of course, but especially with the acrobats and um, in a show like Zumanity where each act is curated. Each totally. act was representing you know, a different part of sexuality and they they hit everything. And so mm-hmm. to have that thing where um, they got to be part of that creation and, and that character. And it was in that show, especially because the, um, the cast was small and the acts did not include many people on stage at once. I was like,
1: they're going to be the first one to come back. Small space, there's not yeah. much interaction. But so I think that's even why, and I think they thought that too, which is why we were all kind of blindsided to see such an iconic show. It just be like, Oh
0: yeah. And it's, I'm sorry.
1: I cut you off though. Go ahead. No,
0: no, I was just gonna say, it's not easy to come up with those specific acts that are one beautiful. And two, just very specific and curated and everything was intentional. It's not that, that stuff just doesn't get recycled easy, easily. Like it might come to you by inspiration, but like, it takes a lot of freaking time to build Absolutely. those things. So yeah. Well, and
1: I told my, um, so my whole family uh, if you 're listening fun fact about me i 'm from Atlanta Georgia and my entire family is Delta Airline pilots so um, back in two th- in 2001 when 9 eleven hit it was obviously devastating to the airline industry and travel and I mean not to say that it wasn 't for the entire world but like specifically airline travel was under the spotlight of how do we th- how do we prevent this in the future and so um, a lot of it, it, it was a hard time for my family, basically, mm-hmm. being that they were all in that industry. And so, I, when I heard the news about uh, Zumanity closing, I called my mom, and I was just like borderline tears, because I'm like, I feel like this COVID-19 is entertainment's version of 9/11, as mm-hmm. it was to my family. Mm-hmm. And it's of course I, I'm upset for anyone that loses their job. You know, like if you're you work at the corner bistro and you're a server it sucks to lose your job but there's a million other corner bistros that you can hopefully go apply to and i'm so sick of seeing my friends that are literally olympians and the absolute top best in their craft be just like yep thanks you're good because it's it's just you know it's like it's like the olympics you train your entire life to do this one thing and It's not like there's a million other, you know, circus or big production shows that you can just be like, I'm gonna go to the next one. But I think, you know, kind of as we've spoken about in previous episodes of the beauty of the Las Vegas community and the um, just fostering the sense of support and uplifting each other. This is our like secondary call to action between all of us in our industry right now is helping people with, if you see gigs, if you see auditions, if you, even if they're not good for you, like take the initiative, send it on to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think that's what James was saying last week that even if, if it's not your type, if it, if it's not a fit for you, you know, 10 performers in your head that it fits. And so it's our due diligence to support and, um, provide for our community and pass that information along.
0: Absolutely. And it can start as small as, well, my social media has been like really terrible lately. I've been distracted but um even just sharing posts from your friends who had an amazing combo from class even just sharing that and like really cultivating that and sharing their work and even if it's people you don't know just making sure it all is kind of getting um seen I had a really interesting conversation with my mom because obviously um in the entertainment industry there's unions and those are kind of I guess what you would consider like the equivalent of a corporate um, business. And so it's, it's tough because if certain businesses go over, or like you said about the corner, like you said, bakery or store, it's, uh, it was bistro. bistro, the, <laughs>
1: bistro.
0: <laughs> the corner bistro. Um, like they could be owned by a corporate company and they have their multiple things, but there is no, there's the unions, but they don't really have that same, you know, level. My mom was saying, she was like, I think it has to be that with art. It's so subjective. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, I understand it's subjective. And there's a lot of people who are going to go to a Cirque show and be like, what is this? Or go to an award show and be like, I don't get it. But for the most part, I feel like people love the entertainment. And even if it's not your cup of tea, people still want to like add that part um, into their lives. And so, And it's necessary.
1: It's It's necessary. necessary Yeah.
0: And it's truly a bummer. It doesn't have, it doesn't, um, oh, I hate like calling calling um people out because i don't know them but a lot of people who are very very famous um whether they're an artist or not i feel like they're the only people we can rely on and i don't feel them um stepping up uh, stepping up thank you i don't feel them stepping up and because it it's like being directly booked like a direct book is going to be great you don't have to be like fighting for the audition like people already know you so these people are super high up Like they're going to get direct booked for everything. And I feel like, I don't know. I wish there was a little bit more um, support and stepping up from them. And I don't even know what that is. I'm speaking very elusively. I have no idea what they could, I have no idea what they could do to make things better, but um, I feel like they're really happy. And Hey, if I was in that situation too, I'd probably be like, Hey, I did my work. I already like paid my dues. Like, why do I need to give back to, you know, all these people that I don't even know? But I don't know, right. what are your thoughts on no, that?
1: Well, no, no, I think you, you raise a good point. and And I feel the unfortunate and ironic timing is that this fell on a political year. And I think a lot of, or I should say election year. Um, and I, I mean, we all saw the uh, people coming together and artists and Broadway stars all um, you know, pushing the vote and, and using their energy to push people to make a change um, within our political system here, which was great. and I politics aside, it it was a change. It was an impact. And so um, in a way you could say that it worked, it was effective. And I think everyone right now is a little bit like, okay, I'm going to take a break from being like, so social media push. And then, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. And, um, but I agree. I think it's, it's that responsibility and call to action that you are calling to make a greater change for something that may not direct affect you but will affect the greater good so it's like you say like a celebrity um the impact that they could have on just bringing awareness to something or like you know there was that hashtag going around for a while save the arts and save our stages which is is still so so important um it's it's knowing that our country and our world everywhere right now needs entertainment. We need to be entertained like on a like socio what's the word I'm looking for? On a physiological level, like our brains need to be entertained and taken out of our Netflix bubble. And like, that's like an overarching big mental health thing. And so that's why I kind of I get frustrated when, People, I I have a friend that was about to go out on um, cruise ships for Royal Caribbean and then was sent back because the CDC claimed like entertainment is not necessary, which I understand from a health pandemic standpoint, but also from like a human um, mental health place. I'm like, yes, it is. And that's the first thing after 9-11 happened. Everyone was scared. New York was, you know, in shambles. The first thing the governor said was bring back Broadway, bring back entertainment remind people that there is good to this world there's a lot of bad to this Mm. world but there's good to this world and it gives people hope and it encourages them to push forward so um yeah i think it unfortunately if if there can't be a big national push for that like i said it just comes down to us and starting grassroots and um taking classes supporting your friends and resharing reposting tagging and sending along that information so
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just want to shout out. Um, I think, I, yeah, I was talking about entertainment so broadly, but shout out to the dance community for not giving up, even though we don't necessarily, we have the power to, technically to, but like I, all the choreographers and teachers that I look up, look up to have been going for it and teaching all these classes and making sure they're able to still reach and encourage their students and train them. So the dance community as itself, like with your at home life, they have been incredible. I'm talking like celebrities way (laughs) high up who like they could say to buy a certain water bottle and they would sell out in five seconds. Those are the people I wish um, would influence a little bit, but shout out to the dance community all over the country, all over the world who's been still producing work and still making things happen still hiring dancers and still inspiring people so honestly shout out to everybody who keeps pushing through because
1: and not only not only dance too i see it i've i mean you know all of our friends that are acrobats yes. in town that do like hand to hand and doing things like i'm sitting here floored because i'm like wow you guys are creating some of the most ingenious things i've ever seen a because you have time but b because it's that same thing you have to continue you have to keep your brain in a creative state of motion because What is it objects that stay in motion or objects in motion will stay in motion it's harder to re-spark that flame once you let it stop in my opinion and so dancers acrobats singers i have friends that are producing albums and music videos and it's just it that that is what is inspiring to me so at the end of the day props to this entire industry for pushing through this crazy time and keep doing you, because you don't know how much your work inspires Absolutely. somebody Absolutely. I
0: totally agree with everything you just said. That was really amazing.
1: Love that. <laughs> Speaking of inspiration, let's, uh, let's move on to our very special guest for this episode. Um, a huge inspiration to you and I both, and I know she has inspired thousands upon thousands performing here in Las Vegas and now living in L.A., Awesome. Well, welcome
0: everybody. Uh, today we have an amazing guest with us. We have the beautiful and talented Jen Stafford. Uh, she's from Calgary, Canada. I met Jen when I first started working at the Beatles' Love, and she had been there for about three years, a little bit over, I think. Uh, And she just was one of the nicest people I ever met. She was my first friend that I made. Uh, While she was living in Vegas, she participated in so many different things, all the opportunities that the city presents. She did choreographer showcase that was with Nevada Ballet Theater and Cirque du Soleil. And after she finished her time up at Love, she started working for 45 Degrees and had an amazing experience in a show there. And then she relocated to Los Angeles where she pretty much immediately started working. And I know she performed with Katie, Perry um, at, I forget which award show, but we'll get into that later. Um, (laughs) And she's also done a ton of motion capture work while she's been here, which is really fascinating to me. And I can't wait to learn more about that. She's also an incredible singer, an incredible actress, just a multi-talented, amazing artist. So we're so excited to welcome Jen Stafford Yay. to Books and
2: Stress today. Welcome Yay.
1: Jen. <laughs> Hi
2: awesome. guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.
1: Of course. Thank you for thank you for being here. Um, Jen, how are you? What's new? How's how's life been? Uh, I know we were just ch- chatting before. It's been like four or five years since we've seen each other. And um, yeah. So, yeah, briefly catch me up on the last half decade of your life.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, currently, we are in November of 2020, <laughs> which is also wild to me. Um, because the like we were saying, the year has gone so fast, not only like, the past three or five or whatever years since seeing you guys, it's, it's also just been such an interesting year. So yeah, we're in November of 2020. Um, yeah, living in LA, uh, still love my Cirque du Soleil and Las Vegas family. Um, still get to connect with a few of them here and there. Um, but yeah, really loving learning and growing here in LA.
0: Okay, so we want to start off Just from the beginning of time, since the dawn of time. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your training? Um, uh, Because I think it has so much to say with where you've gone in your career. And I kind of always tell students to like do everything, dabble into everything. So tell us a bit about your training and then how you kind of branched out into other things that kind of enriched your dance training.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So I started in a studio um like many dancers yeah started studio training you know the ballet jazz got into tap kind of late and got out of it um contemporary hip hop um and yeah it was something i really loved i also loved singing and and acting but dance kind of took hold and i went um 100% into it so started training at the studio eventually like wanted to take it a little more serious and began doing conventions and that kind of circuit back then we only had a couple in Canada (laughs) um and then slowly they became uh, began trickling into into Canada so all the American ones uh so yeah I just did a lot of that and wanted to diversify and learn as much as I could
1: that's awesome and as a uh fellow dance studio competition circuit person myself and Alex as well. I'm always fascinated and intrigued to see how, like, where you're like age nine jazz solo to work me down, like ended up being. And I always think about, I'm sure your dance teachers are like over the moon, proud of you. And, um, so that's, that's, that's so cool to to just know that, um, small town I mean maybe not a small town now Calgary's not a small town but like uh small beginnings can lead to such beautiful things um with your talent and your drive so yay very cool now I know um we crossed paths when you were living here in Las Vegas performing for Cirque du Soleil at the Beatles Love can you just briefly describe your experience um as getting into the company and um your audition experience and even your time at the show
2: Well, that's not a brief story, but I will try my best because it's kind of hilarious. Alex knows this story and it's the best one. You know it, right?
0: I'm I'm so excited for you to retell it.
2: I told this so many times recently and every time like everyone knows this. Okay. So yeah, Cirque du Soleil is my first audition. It was like my first huge audition and a whole bunch of us from Calgary were going. Um, So we had like six of us come and... uh, go to the big open call when they used to have like once a year in February, 500, 600, whatever people would show up. And um, I was, I was planning on auditioning a solo and our teacher was working with us on improv because we knew that was a big part of the audition. So she was giving us prompts and we had one more night. um, My friend Lucas and I, one more night to rehearse our solos and practice and it was a blizzard that night. My mom was like, you probably shouldn't go. And I'm like, mom, I have to go. I'm like 19 year old Jen is so desperate to practice one more time. Um, so went to the studio. And for some reason I was wearing like these slippery socks. and I didn't even really dance in socks at the time. Like, I don't know why I was wearing them. It was weird. And the floor was hardwood, like slick hardwood. And I was improv and I did a huge jump which they say is like my best jump I've ever done in my life. And I slipped, but I was like arching back. So when I, my foot hit the ground, it fell, slipped up from under me and my face literally bounced off the floor. And yeah, and uh, <laughs> I just remember being like, ah! like screaming. <laughs> and, and Lucas and my mentor, Sarah, were just like stunned Lucas picks up my tooth and is like, here's your tooth. And I'm bleeding all over the floor.
1: Your actual <laughs> and, tooth. Like, that's not a metaphor. Like, your physical. Like, a
2: chip of it. Yeah, the bottom one. Because I guess, because I it was the lower lip. So I, like, gouged gouged my lip. And it was bleeding. And luckily, like, my dad came with me because the roads were so icy. So he drove me to the hospital. we get there. And we're supposed to fly the next morning, my mom and I, to Vegas. And I'm just bawling in the hospital. And... Um, kept wiping my lip, like the, my chin, being like, I, I cleaned this up already, you know? And um, I get to the doctor and he's like, let's see, let's see. Did you go all the way through? Yeah, you did. You did. You went all the way through. So like, I thought I just gouged the inside. No, no, no. My bottom teeth went through the inside to like, luckily like on the lip line, but like put up, pierced the hole in my lip. Um, and so just like bawling and telling the doctor like, I... I have an audition tomorrow, it's like my, my dream, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the doctor's like, I don't understand why you're so upset. You're going to be fine. And like there's a lady with like a broken leg across from me, but you know, my 19-year-old <laughs> self is just like, you don't understand, I have an audition. And so I get home and my mom's, it's already like, you know, 2 a.m. and we have a flight in the morning and she says like, let's just go next year, there's always next year no mom I have to go I have to go and so we like I'm like passed out with like Tylenol um like on the plane bloody drool on my shirt my audition shirt my special lucky audition shirt <laughs> that I wore to the audition with blood on it and um yeah and so we got there and I had to like tell the, the it was uh I think well um Corinne was there assisting she wasn't even in casting yet and i remember being like hi i need to tell you something i can't talk but i really want to perform because they were like you have to perform you have to we want to see artists but we want to see performers and me just like not able to move my face the the face
0: matters more than the body
2: (laughs) and just like stoic and like huge like swollen lip um but thank goodness i told them because they were like they just I remember remember—they're all of them looked at me, like, "Who are you?" And "You're crazy." And thank you so much for coming." So then two days into that process, you know, we learned the, the Beatles choreography, We learned the Elvis choreography at the time, um, and partnering and hip-hop and improv and character work, which was so fun, and it was like a great two-day experience. Um, and then there was like 12 of us at the end that got onto the database. And then, and you know, you guys know that feeling. It's like, you're in the database, cool. Okay, great. Like, that's, you don't get a job or anything. <laughs> you literally but- <laughs> finish
1: like sprinting the marathon and you're like, we made it and now we wait.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're like, send us your reel. And I was like, I don't have a reel. I have my competition <laughs> dance videos. Um, so I didn't send them anything for six months. And, but I think, you know, timing is everything because when I did finally have it ready, Uh, Melina was leaving, and she was kind of my type of like skill set and look. Um, And they brought me down to audition in Vegas. And Katie Tate, our dance master, when she saw me, she's like, "Oh, I remembered you. You're the girl with the lip thing, the lip thing." Because she remembered me. (laughs) Memorable. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that's my hilarious story.
1: (laughs) I love that. So
0: good. Um, After the audition, don't you have to like slate? did, did, did oh, they make yes. you slate after and they're like I have a
2: photo in their database somewhere that's like me like this
0: yeah you gotta find
2: that you have to slate you're like oh, I'm John or, oh, um John John or I will um blah whatever yeah I
0: remember I didn't Less. finish mine like Corinne was like do you want to do that again because I like I literally could barely get through it like I was it was like day three I'm like exhausted and I'm like hi I'm Alex Yankovic like I'm so excited to you know be in the database. Like yay and I didn't even finish the sentence I literally like barely even said my name and I was like she's like do you want to do it again I was like I'm good
2: she's like are you sure (laughs) you're like it's fine
1: and look at you now it's day three like after (laughs) all of the choreography and your body and brain are just so like not even present and then they're like now personality on camera (laughs) I remember it's always like that though (laughs) I don't know why but I like (laughs) so extra in my slate I was like i'm taylor bradley i'm from blah 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 and i in my head i was like they should know that i can travel i was like my entire family works for the airlines if you ever have auditions anywhere and i think <laughs> back to that and i'm like taylor why like do less dude but you know, when you're eight or when you're what? Oh. 21 you're like
2: if you need, need discounts
1: <laughs> literally but gotcha oh that's,
2: amazing. Oh, that's
1: amazing i want to touch on i uh you said it was melina who uh yeah who, melina it's so interesting for for our listeners that don't know kind of how the cert casting process goes it's very much based on um types and looks and what we call concepts so um jen and alex were both in the same costume which was like a, a houndstooth yellow uh Yellow and for Jenna, it was black, for Alex, it was purple. But this jumpsuit, it was super cute with, like, a bob and a hat. I just want to know, like, there should be, like, a family tree of anybody that, like, created that role up until now. Because I would love to see, like, the similarities and, like, or differences in, in who each person is. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think you can see it. Like, well, especially with our my track, and I guess your track maybe, I know it's kind of wish you like it's changed a little bit but I guess like with ours like there's only four of us so you can really see it's
0: so crazy yeah Yeah, you guys all killed it like I love I've watched you know all the videos of each and every one of you and you all had your different flavor that you added to it but it was always my favorite part and I always remember how you do you did all the jumps and all the points I remember it so well
2: and thank you Melina for teaching me all of that
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, my locking touching, mentor. Like,
2: <laughs> she was my locking she's mentor. I was like, a locker, though. Uh, yeah, no, she's great. And I was like, teach me everything before you leave in a week.
0: <laughs> did you ever have, did you ever lock before?
2: Um, Just like, a little I- bit, but she's like fundamental. But- okay. I remember they were like, because originally that role was a B girl and a contemporary dancer. Um, I do not B girl. Um, but I remember being like, calling in, i was living in toronto at the time and i was like uh i need a i need a b boy private and like did one right before pretty sure i did like a six step and was like
1: <laughs> i am pop <hip-hop. laughs> i did one. it
2: yeah i'm a b girl <laughs> no pop, or,
1: whatever
0: you know. books you the job right um touching back on the show what would if you can remember how did you stay inspired like with the 10 shows a week with that schedule like what was the what was the mental for you
2: well, I think, you know, I, I joined the show when I was, like, a ripe 20-year-old. So, and you were pretty young. I mean, you had graduated college. Um, but, yeah, I was the youngest there. So, for me, it for the first, like, two years, it was a whirlwind of, like, magical – everything was magic. And I think I'll never forget those feelings because that's how we should all live our life a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was just magical. I got to learn from – all these people from all over the world that were, you know, five to 10 years to 20 years, my senior. Um, So it was kind of like my college experience. And I just really soaked it in after like year two, you know, or I mean, even during year one, I, I just, as you said, like we have so many other extracurriculars, Um, you know, the Nevada ballet, the one drops, the Mukhtar used to do a create showcase when he was there. That was really fun. And I just, I was so excited to be there, so I just kind of as we you know we donate our time and our talents because just to keep us fresh, I think when you're in a show that much
0: I remember so vividly now, um like when I had first started there, and you were like choreographing with Kent, I think for, yeah. and you were you told me you like pulled me aside, you were like i always am trying to like stay um you know, inspired by doing outside things and like always being present at work, but also like creative stuff outside really helps, helps me a lot. And it was you and Melanie both came to me and were like, make sure like you're focused at work, but like, make sure also doing outside stuff because you will go crazy. So make sure you're, you're doing those other creative things outside. And I remember you telling me that like right in my first, like two weeks when I was still getting to know everybody. And I was so appreciative of that because I was able to like carry that throughout, you know, the whole
2: good memory i'm like wow
1: (laughs) that's awesome i love what you said about magical moments and we should all live magical moments all the time and like preach extra 2020 so um let's be magical (laughs) but yes um moving forward so you left the show after um like you said three years can you describe your transition after love and why los angeles was the next choice
2: so, uh, yeah, after three years, I left Love, um, like three and a half maybe. And, yeah, I just knew it was time for me. I knew, like, I had gotten to the show so young, and I had so much left to learn. And um, I always thought that I would get Cirque du I don't know why this was in my head. I thought I had to be 35 with a huge resume to get Cirque du Soleil. And it just didn't happen that way. And I'm glad it didn't. But I knew I could have stayed there and been happy forever. I could have been happy for sure. Um but I know that I need to be growing as well. So uh yeah, I decided to leave Los Angeles was my choice just because I've always wanted to live in LA um and try the LA thing, but also it's closer to home and I'm um I'm so close with my family on the west side of Canada. So it's like just a, like maybe a 3-hour flight as opposed to like a 5 to 6-hour flight if I went to New York. Um, I have some friends in London, but that also feels a little too far. Um, And yeah, that transition at first, you know, obviously it was so scary, but it was all, I had butterflies uh, throughout and it felt so right. And it was so cool to be there with Alex and her integration gang and get to know them for like, I think I was still there for maybe four months of your time. So it was cool. And I got to be a part of that, like, um, refresh and then L-O-L. <laughs> yeah i got to be part of a good I went part back
0: i literally just went back i'm like oh my god i literally <laughs> learned new choreography before i learned the current choreography
2: you but had I to remember- learn yeah you'd learn the old one and then the new one and then you had to know both and i was like that's a lot
0: it was a lot yeah. and i remember i remember you having to learn it all too obviously to like present it all and i remember being like damn that's gotta be frustrating <laughs>
2: I, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I love learning it. Yeah, Mukhtar is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mukhtar and then, like, Nappy Tabs and all of them. But, like, I was like, I'm so glad to learn, so, like, get some a taste of it, but also leave the show how I learned it. Um, And then, yeah, uh, I had to – before I left, like, six months prior, before I left Cirque, I had to apply for my visa because us international folks have to save up and write all of our letters and, you know, get – all these documents signed and it's quite a process and I finally I think I got it approved like in the December after I left I left in October I didn't get approved till December so I was kind of up in the air still but I went to Thailand by myself um you know you just well I was supposed to go with the boyfriend at the time that didn't work out so you're like I'm just going by myself and you're like yeah but then on the plane I was actually like pooping my pants being like what are you doing why are we going to thailand by ourselves um but it was the best experience and like i stopped over in japan and i think that was really special to reward myself after doing three and a half years and traveling was so important to me because we only get like a couple weeks off so i went and made sure i did that spent christmas at home and then moved to la in january and like had the agent already um and was just ready to be open with new experiences. Um, It was still a tricky transition. Don't get me wrong because uh, yeah, you're just meeting everyone again and, or newly. And um, one of the Mr. Piggy, one of the guys, Jerry, um, I don't know if you, I don't think you met him, um, Alex. He was before he just did a year. And he always said like, when you move to LA, like have your like F you money to go to auditions and be like, I don't need like I don't need this job like you have the money saved up, you're not like begging for that job and I think that was really a good tip on his part to give me, yeah.
1: Totally, very cool. I love that too. Like I feel like our industry is, um, or at least sometimes the older um, generations of the entertainment industry are like, you have to like need this and want it and this is it and you can't pay your bills if you don't. And I'm like, that doesn't actually seem healthy. Like maybe- Well, because you're gonna be
2: stressed, gonna be stressed at the audition and then you're not gonna book it, you know, like it, it all for whatever works for you, I guess. But for me, it doesn't work for me.
0: <laughs> totally. We've been very uh, fortunate to like, you know, have worked for Cirque like early in our careers because it does really set you up for one, the experience, get really good at working with all different types of people. So when you get out there, it's like, obviously still scary, but it's not like your life depends, like your joy and your love depends on it, but your life and financial stuff isn't depending on every single audition. But what you said about auditions, I find the more I go into things like casually, the better it turns out. Like sometimes when I'm like, oh, I have to book this. It's like, "Ah, not gonna work.
2: Me too. And then you're just stressed and you didn't enjoy the process. Chris just walked the thing. but honey we're not we're, we're just doing a podcast we're just uh, yeah
0: okay. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Special <appearance. laughs> are you able to describe a little bit about 45 degrees because it's something I don't know much about and I think I felt like you were maybe one of the last people I know who were able to last person I know well who was able mm-hmm. to do it um and that yeah. kind of had dancers in it
2: yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, after I left, I had like maybe five months, no, like four months in LA, maybe less. And then, you know, Mukhtar, who's like my fave, um, you know, I did all those like kind of like little pieces for him when he was just starting in, in Vegas and he's just so cool and so t- Talented and like so chill, also, which I like really admire about him. Um, but yeah, Mook was like doing it was his first big like directing thing for Forty Five Degrees. He had just started working there as a director, and um, yeah, we got to go out to Andorra, which is like a small country in between Spain and France. And it was actually when I moved to LA, my, one of my goals. I had like a list of goals, and one of them was to work abroad and work travel and work on someone else's dime and that happened in like so so fast um
1: just but real, yeah we did
2: a bit yeah 45
1: degrees uh, so, because I'm not super familiar with it either oh part. yeah so if you were to explain it to someone that's never heard what it is what is it
2: so 45 degrees is Cirque du Soleil's event company like outreach and event company um they actually changed their name to Cirque du Soleil events I think or something like that it's the same that- thing
0: that makes sense. And I feel like in our meetings, they didn't necess- they never really informed us about like what was going on with them. So that makes much more sense because they would talk about their other branches of other things like the cruise line stuff they were working on and other stuff. But, so it's okay, basically so anything outside sense.
2: of the shows, like special events. If you're just doing a two-week show, a two-month show, if you're doing, like I guess, those cruise lines, um, anything in Montreal, like special events that you'd want Cirque at. Um, yeah. So that, that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Now just to continue, I'm sorry, you were saying that was a goal of yours to go travel, do someone else's work. So,
2: Yeah. 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 So yeah, we had like three months, I think there with all different artists and so many different Cirque artists from all over, which is really cool. I really love the web of people that I get to know so well and reconnect with. Um, Yeah, we, we created a show and we did it for two months and it was just awesome. We lived in Andorra, which is this tiny ski town Um, but very touristic. I loved our hotel rooms because my mom and I always laugh because they were like literally from the 70s, maybe earlier, but like (laughs) perfectly preserved. Um, But yeah, it was, that was a cool, cool experience. And like Mukhtar is just awesome.
1: Very cool. So um, I'm a huge James Cameron freak, uh, a huge Avatar fan. And so I want to hear more. Can you just describe some of your motion capture work that you've done um, and explain to our listeners kind of how you got into it and how it's going now and what the end result might be?
2: Ooh, okay, well, I'll tell you what i what I can, which is not that much.
1: Fair fair, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, so we're there's like two sequels that I filmed, um Avatar Two and Three. Uh, yeah, it was right you know, Chris, um, my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time. He, he said like, what do you want to do next? And I was kind of like, I don't know. I, you know, I want to do a film. I want to be in a film. Uh, I want to experience what that's like on set. And I was thinking, oh, I'll just be in the background of some film doing the bop and no life, like life provides what kind of experience I think you're ready for. And what, You desire and that was like one of those experiences i'm like it's so it was so perfect for me and i think even in the audition process uh using my circus life skills and my the fearlessness that we kind of have to have as dancers to go in because i remember integrating into love and it was like i we had to scream and we had to yell and we had to be crazy and like you know our characters and I loved that, but I also got really nervous um, and over the course of three years, like in the improving and the clowning workshops and all that stuff, you lose a lot of that. So then coming to the Avatar audition, I was able to definitely pull from that and feel like I can do, I can be silly. I can be an interesting character. I can have a storyline. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I worked on it for two years, two years straight, <laughs> like not that much time off of Circ and then to a full-time, uh, but it was just an amazing experience. Um, yeah.
0: That's so incredible. And honestly, the connections you make um, with all the people working on that project, that's invaluable. Like, that's seriously incredible. And I think our listeners are absolutely going to look you up if they don't already know you, but you have a movement quality that cannot be imitated. It's very unique to you. I know that when I watch you or I watch your choreography. Oh, I know that's exact. That's Jen Stafford. Like you, it's very specific. It's very, um, exact and unique. And I hate using the word unique, but it is like, it's it, a great I, word. I, I a great word. <laughs> yeah. So I, I could not picture a, a perfect person to have that job and to, you know, take his direction and just really go for it. And so you're the perfect person for that job. So I know we're all excited to you know see that. Yeah, we'll see it
2: in 2021. Hopefully, like at the end of 2021.
1: Well, and you know I'm going to be in the theaters, and I'm like, that's my friend. That's her. I know her. (laughs) Oh,
2: amazing! Yeah, I'm. I'll be. I'll be like, which? one, Who am I? Like, it'll be so long since I've uh, since I did it, but it'll be so cool to see.
1: So cool, and like, what an honor to be part of such an iconic um, film series. So. Congrats to you and thank you for thank sharing Thank you,
0: that. yeah. How has your work been affected uh, with COVID and along with that, um, how are you able to stay inspired from home? I know there's like definitely moments where it's frustrating, but for you, Jen, how have you been adjusting to
2: it? Um, you know, life has never been predictable for any of us. I just think that some of us, you know, were able to rely on certain things. And for me, I definitely, I got used to, like, you know, the unpredictability of our careers, um, of my health, of, like, random things that kind of have made me, like, not get super devastated when things go awry and just be like, okay, well, how are we going to react to that? Which happened, like, you know, I honestly had the full year and a half planned. I had a national tour coming up. I had um, a Netflix show in London. I had um, like a wedding, <laughs> um, and all of these things got canceled or postponed. But um, you know, I do have faith that they'll they'll come back, and we'll be able to figure it out when it's safe to do so. Um, I think the first little bit, I was able to just sleep for two weeks, and then you know, slowly dabbled. And it's just a constant roller coaster, and you just have to. Um, Find the little moments that make you happy. And sometimes it is just making your cup of tea in the morning or walking your dog. And then sometimes you're able to delve into a project or take a billion classes. Um, but for me, I've just tried to stay as balanced and as centered as possible because then I can handle all the, all the change that exists around us. It, it's always been there, the change and the unpredictability. But now it's just all, all of us, as hu- all of planet Earth, we're all like smacked in the face with it.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for that. That honestly is such a good reminder for all of us. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, beautiful and well said. So, Jen, we can't thank you enough. Um, booked and stressed, we are so grateful for your time, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, and selfishly, as your friends, to see you. So, we're um, here. Hey. Um, but yeah thank you again so much Um, and so where can we like where could our listeners or where could we find more out about you
2: Um, yeah Instagram at genuine J-E-N-N-Y-O-U-I-N or my website is jen-stafford.com thank you so much
0: Jen and you are seriously seriously the best and I'll send you a text
2: (laughs) oh yeah love you guys thank you so much so excited for this
1: awesome thanks so much
2: bye